Greetings in Jesus' name. This is Pastor Sean, and you're listening to The Intersection, not your normal fluffy Christian show. Glad to be with you today. Remember, on the weekends, we've got such a uh, fantastic lineup. Uh, or just remember our American, your American heritage with Mr. Ed Bondarenka, not your normal fluffy insurrectionist. Um, good friend, and uh, he always has a great show. And um, just want to talk to you today about America at a crossroads. I know that sounds doesn't that sound so daunting? It sounds like a new book coming out, America at a crossroads. But we are at a crossroads. And today I want to talk less about political things and more about spiritual things. And after all, I am Pastor Sean. I should be, at times, talking about spiritual things. Um, But they're all intertwined, interconnected. And I would wager to say, thinking over the last, watching things over the last couple weeks transpire, um, America's problem is first and foremost not political. It is first and foremost not cultural. Now, we do have political problems and we do have cultural problems. It's not, it's first and foremost not financial or economic or the economy. They are all symptoms of a greater problem. And you know what I'm going to say as a pastor it is a spiritual problem. We are watching the reflection of what's happening in the spirit realm. And for those of you who aren't, aren't maybe regulars on biblical teaching or regulars to church, but you still have a, a an understanding or don't have an understanding, just know that what we see in the natural is a mirror of what's happening in the spiritual. Now, you saw it all throughout the biblical times in the Old Testament when Israel was close to God, when Israel followed the commandments of God, they seemed to do well and prosper and be blessed, and they seemed to have peace and be happiness, and when they, when they strayed away when they strayed away from the commandments of God and began to live and serve false gods and things, then they they went into captivity and things got kind of rough. And over and over and over again, the story of Scripture is God rescuing mankind from himself and his own destruction. And if you haven't noticed in this country, there has been a real movement in the last 50 years towards secularization, towards the, the ignoring of spiritual things. Uh, to the detriment of our culture. And now we're just seeing those manifest out in all of these different areas. We could talk today about all the, you know, all the lies and the politics and the we could talk about Hollywood and the education system and the Grammys and the glorification of Satanism and all these things which are true, but they all have a they're all symptoms of a real problem, and that is a spiritual, a a spiritual departure. But there are some hopeful signs. Now I want to tell you this isn't our first time around the block on the situation. We've had a couple great awakenings in America that I think saved America. And the latest one has been portrayed in a movie, which I advise you to go and see. If you're a Christian or not a Christian, just go and see Jesus' revolution. It was about that glorious time in the late 60s and early 70s where uh, it seemed like we were going to lose the country. Now, by the way, this is not the first time. We were at a crossroads in the late 60s with these student movements and people throwing off their parents' old-time Christian religion and turning to Eastern religions and people throwing off capitalism and longing for communism. I mean, there were, there were literally communist movements. <laughs> you had... 
You had all kinds of groups. You had Black Panthers. You had the you had the the Weather Underground. There were all kinds of subversive groups going on in the late '60s that wanted to overthrow the America, the Judeo-Christian America. They they the sexual revolution soon followed because people were tired of their of their parents uh, their parents um, uh, purit- puritanistic. Christian values and they wanted to be free and liberty to have free love, which unfortunately turned into syphilis and herpes. And uh, they they wanted to have, uh, you know, communes in which people didn't have to work, which, you know, socialist dream, which turned into people dying in poverty and drug addiction. And uh, the, the whole premise of the hippie movement, the peace and love, wound up being more destructive. But lo and behold... Right about this time, hippies began to become Christians to get saved, and they began to fill the churches, and that's what this movie Jesus Revolution is all about. And if you haven't, man, go to the theater and watch it. It is just a fantastic. My parents, my parents who were nominal Catholics back then, became uh, fired up, born again believers because of a a miraculous healing that my mother got in 1973 from a brain tumor, and it really. So I, I was a kid, but I kind of remember that whole time where people sitting around with guitars singing Christian songs and prayer meetings and people getting baptized in rivers. And there really was, there really was an awakening in the late 60s and early 70s that I believed didn't just save hippies from drugs and didn't just save people from uh promiscuous ways, but I believe it saved the country because those hippies filled churches, became pastors, uh, and it really it really pushed back the wave of secularism that which was drowning our country. And it really combated the sexual revolution. You say, well those things took their toll. They did. They did. We 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 had further declined. But I believe we would have fallen into total chaos, debauchery, and maybe not even been a recognizable nation today if it hadn't been for that Jesus revolution, for that awakening. Um, many of the, the, the mega churches you hear about now, those pastors were people who were saved during that time, became Christians during that time, and by, from that was birthed the religious right. Now, I know people have their feelings on the religious right, and they have their, their uh, some people have a big distaste, even Christians, for the religious right, but I believe the religious right is what uh, eventually led to the election of Ronald Reagan, uh, Bush Sr., um, and we went into the Clinton era, and I believe even uh, even Bush Jr., but I believe the religious right, in many facets of things, stayed the slide. It didn't stop it, but it stayed the slide into total uh, debauchery and degradation. Now, if you don't realize there's a good and evil being being manifested, being, being, uh, being let's say, acted out on, on the earth, you can see it in the political realm. And if you're like me and you've been watching lately, you I mean, just watch the last week. It's like all of this this stuff about January 6th and Tucker, Tucker Carlson releasing these videotapes showing what a what a scam January 6th was. What a what political theater. I mean, it's it's stooped to levels that many of us, even on the right, who have radio shows like myself, have a hard time grasping how twisted and evil and degraded people can be for power. How how uh, unbelievably vicious they can be towards those who do not share their values. Um, we're seeing the attack on 
on, on religious faith and believers, which I believe is not just political, it's demonic. We're just seeing it manifested. Pro-life people arrested and thrown into jail while literal virtual murderers in Antifa and BLM walk free. We're watching justice be perverted, as the scripture says, while you can... You can kill someone in self-defense and end up in prison, or you can murder someone uh, illegally out of just hatred in your heart and walk free. How can this be? How can it be that certain presidents can 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 be corrupt and money launder and and uh, and and thirst for power and destroy others, while other people who are trying to steer us in the American direction can be labeled as as terrorists? And uh, you know the, this whole January sixth thing, uh, finding out that. That uh, what political theater and what lives it destroyed is just showing us that we're coming to heads on this good versus evil. I'm not saying it's Republican, Democrat. If you're a Democrat, it's evil. Of course, I don't know how. I, I just seriously don't know how you can support anymore uh, if you're a Christian, a party that is so antithetical to your belief system. And I'm not even saying rep- there's lots of Republicans who are in this corrupt mess as well. Uh, who are who are actively participating in the dismantling of our country, but even more, they want to dismantle our Judeo-Christian faith. For those of you who cannot handle this, there's a real devil, not just a symbol. There's a real devil who's been at work on the earth for thousands of years, and you're seeing a lot of this being played out in the political realm, in the cultural realm, in the educational realm. Uh, through Hollywood, through the theatrics. But January 6th just shows us what level of lying and subversion and bearing false witness people will do, what destruction they'll do to people's lives. You know, they they were talking about the QAnon shaman. I forget, Jacob something. And, you know, Tucker was showing how the police were just walking around with him. He did, the guy didn't even really think he was doing anything wrong. And yet he became the face, the QAnon shaman became the face of the so-called insurrection. Why did so many people not want these videotapes to come out, including Republicans? Oh, because of uh, national security, but they, or, you know, you know, capital security. But they didn't care when they doctored them and changed them and added sound effects to them to make it look like something it wasn't. And when you see people walking around peacefully, they even lied about the death of the police officer. He was alive and well after they said he was killed by Trump supporters. Why would people desecrate and denigrate a man's death? What what lows will they go to? Are we one step away from gulags? Are we one step? Well, why is the Justice Department going out and arresting pro-lifers while letting people who attack uh, pregnancy crisis centers go free? Why 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 is there a, a particular why are January 6 protesters still locked in prison not being charged with a crime? I and mean, that's illegal in the United States. But you see Washington DC is its own bubble. They can get away with whatever they want. Because in their lust for power. I mean we're talking about stuff that's not even not even following the constitution anymore. But the real fight, the real battle going on is between good and evil. It is between the forces of darkness and the forces of light. And like I said, I'm not I'm, I'm by no means holding any political party up as the kingdom of God or the forces of light. I'm just saying it's being manifested clearly the the uh, the obsession with destroying children's lives with with calling transitioning 
kids and, and mutilating their genitals and destroying their lives and confusing them further, calling that health care. Calling that health care for LGBTQ kids. It's nothing more than a demonic, demonic sacrifice to the, to the, the modern gods of Molech who want your children destroyed. It's not about freedom. It's not about expression. It's about destruction. Why do they always go after the children? Because it's demonic. Satan hates children. Why? Because Jesus said, Let the little children come unto me, for as such is the kingdom of God. He said, unless, unless you convert and become like a child, because Satan hates innocence, and he wants to mar it at the youngest ages. This stuff is demonic. It makes you just lose your mind. This is not something that's going to get decided in the legal or political realm. They're trying to murder your and my children. They're trying to, to, to make them unrecognizable. They're trying to confuse them into places to where they're suicidal. And they have no identity. That's what this is about. And it's just being played out in the political system and the cultural system and the educational system. But we're not just going to talk about how dark and dreary it is, because of course it is. We're going to talk about hope. God turned around this country. I believe we, we were on par to lose this country to the commies. I mean, just lose this country. Just lose our Judeo-Christian values, lose our history, lose anything good until this Jesus revolution happened. It's almost like God just intervened and interrupted the slide that was happening. And, and, it, and it's for many, many years. And why do you think people hate People like Ronald Reagan and the religious right so much. They hate him, not not just because of their politics, not because of their economics. They hate him because of what they stood for. I'm not even saying that everybody involved in it were great Christians. I'm just saying they hated them because they stood for a moral code, a moral substance. They, they stood for values that have their roots into the Judeo-Christian faith. That's what they stood for. And God stopped that slide through the Jesus Revolution, through the Jesus Movement. And I think today, as we're seeing that slide and that darkness happen, we're beginning to see a generation. In fact, Gen Z, the ones we wrote off, you know, they were all going to be, they were all, they were all going to be gender confused. They were all going to have pink hair. They were all going to hate love. They were all going to love communism. They were all going to hate God. They were all atheists. They were all agnostics. They were all, you know, for, for, uh, for everything antithetical to the the principles of our country, and yet. We're starting to see revivals happen. We heard about the Asbury University. I talked about that. Uh, a revival that happened at Asbury University, kind of just like back in the Jesus Movement days, the one, the one that started in Hate Ashbury, the, the probably one of the most Sodom and Gomorrah places in the late '60s, and yet out of that came. I think God has a. I think God has a great sense of humor, and I think he. I think he likes to punk the devil by, like, as soon as it gets to a certain point, he just decides to drop a little revival, right? And just, just to uproot it, just to undo it, just, just to overcome it, just to overthrow it. And I think we might be starting to see that happening again. We know about the Asbury movement. It continues to influence Christian universities, churches, and secondary schools. Now listen to this. Some secular, you're like, well, that's a Bible school. That's a Christian college. And so was the... Uh, the other Christian colleges, that Lee University, and some, you know, of course they're going to have revivals. Well, it's beginning to, it's beginning to influence some secular institutions of higher learning. Are also seeing students gather on their campuses to hold worship gatherings. How exciting is that? 
Students at Western Kentucky University of Bowling Green have been holding gatherings, including one last week that was attended by a few hundred people on the main lawn of the campus to worship and pray together and share their testimonies. This is how it starts. Tommy Johnson, a campus minister for WKU's Baptist Campus Ministry, told the Christian Post that the gatherings were directly tied to the revival at Asbury. We have seen a ripple effect from Asbury on the WKU campus. Several students from WKU attended services at Asbury, said Johnson. After returning from Asbury, several of them gathered for prayer and worship at the chapel of WKU's campus and invited other students to join. One of the student leaders who attended the Asbury service, service, a freshman, then invited several leaders of campus and church ministries to meet and explore a potential joint campus ministry worship prayer gathering. Johnson said they planned a service for February 23rd on the National Collegiate Day of Prayer, adding, we've long been praying and continue to pray for revival on our campuses. And we discussed how revival is measured not merely by how many students gather or how long they stay at an event, but by the result of life change and say amen to that that jesus movement that jesus revolution in the 60s it wasn't just some fanfare it just wasn't some fad that thing impacted the country politically spiritually economically morally it impacted the entire country like i said some of your largest churches and church leaders came from that movement I believe it changed the political fabric. I believe Ronald Reagan became president directly related to the Jesus Revolution. The large gathering on the main lawn was organized chiefly by BCM, that's the Bible, uh, the Baptist College Ministry. Other college ministries like uh, Crew, then Christian Student Fellowship, as well as Hillview Heights Church, New Life Church, and Living Hope Baptist Church. Johnson attended that WKU leadership has been helpful in directing us to go through the process of reserving space on campus for events and to make campus security aware of the gathering. So Western Kentucky University began to see some revival happening in direct correlation to Asbury University. It was a very worshipful, musical, orderly, respectful, hopeful, prayerful, and God-honoring in glorifying said weekly and by the way whenever students gather to pray or worship it's never screaming in anger it's never it's never cussing and swearing it's never it's it's never in your face they're always always like they can talk about what they want with the pro-life situation my, my parents were way back in operation rescue days the pro-lifers were always respectful always prayerful always respectful to the police and authorities it was always the pro-choice protesters who were the nasty screaming cussing vile angry people and guess what guess who got the laws passed against them to stay off the property the pro-lifers it's always the people who have the higher moral integrity who suffer the most but you know what? We just biblically need to accept that because Jesus said, I count, or Paul said, I count not the present sufferings of this present time to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. In other words, it always looks like uh, we, we always play by the higher standards, the higher rules. We're always the turn the cheek people. We're always the love your enemy and love your neighbor people. And guess what? It works out in the end, even though sometimes in the, in the, in the, the, the short term, it's frustrating after returning at 4 a.m., they went directly to the WKU chapel. It was closed. They stayed outside asking God to continue to work. 
noting that it was 25 degrees Fahrenheit. The chapel opened at 8. They went into pray around 10 a.m. A few more showed up. By 12, they were 30. By 1.45, they estimated 90 students came sometime during that day. So they say, well, that, that doesn't seem like a lot. Well, for a secular university, <laughs> more than 300 attended and around 50 stayed well after 10 p.m. Um, as the temperature dropped around 45 degrees. So you wound up with 300 students at this thing. He was optimistic about the long-term impact of the gathering, telling CP a planning team is meeting this week to see if we are being led to sponsor another campus-wide time. Ohio State University, another public university, also held a worship gathering last Thursday on the evening of the second floor of the Student Union Building, which lasted into the early hours of the next morning. This is just getting me, man. Hits me right in the chest. You know, write a generation off, write Gen Z off, write them off as the most secular, uh, godless, whatever generation ever, and watch God work. Watch God do a miracle. Ohio State University, and you're beginning to see rumblings. February 17th, the OSU prayer and worship gathering last, last Thursday along with his wife. There were people in the room that had been praying for revival on campus for at least 15 years. My wife and I went out to support and pray alongside these students. I believe that those who are blazing the trail at Oshu are more qualified in these moments to speak to this. Priscilla Wan, director of Faith Hope Love House of Prayer, who's involved in campus ministry at OSU, also attended the event, telling CP it was powerful. A small group of young men from OSU led two hours of worship prayer um, with electric guitar, piano, and two singers. Virtually the entire time was vertical, meaning no speaker and hardly anyone addressed the crowd. That's how you know it's there's no one seeking glory here, except, except for God's glory. Some students were on their knees praying for an awakening on their campus and praying for the lost. I would estimate about 200 people showed up. Wow, in Ohio State. The organizers needed to open a second room and ask all non-OSU students to go into the second room. Um. She did not consider the event to be tied to to Asbury, explaining the students organizing the gathering had already begun planning it before Asbury happened. You know what? And that's the thing. It's not copycat. This stuff's starting to break out in different spots with its own with its own personality, its own its own feeling. They had a pure heart to simply want to simply minister to Jesus. Although the Asbury revival was amazing and created more excitement for the OSU Collegiate Day of Prayer, the organizers were not stirred to gather because of the Asbury revival. They were, they were open to a similar awakening happening at OSU. And the most amazing thing about this is, is this is not being instituted by any person. This is a God thing. So, Christian, as you watch the news this week, as you, as you, you go through and you begin to contemplate all the ways that it seems like darkness is winning. It seems like the devil is winning. Understand, God has got the last word. We see it all throughout the Bible times and the biblical days. God always gets the last word. And you know what? God doesn't always work with majorities. In fact, it seems like God's plan is to work with a remnant, the minority. So folks, it doesn't matter what it looks like out there. It doesn't matter what political losses we seem to be taking or cultural losses. Just remember this. God plus one is a majority. Until next time, this is Pastor Sean. May God richly bless you. We're the bad news. We're the young guns. We're the ones that they told you to run from. Yeah, the play is gonna play in a head.
haters gonna hate. 